Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So here we are. Now, it's typical windy spring weather. This is what they like. Look. I'm not seeing anything. You have to get your eye in. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. yeah, 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 yeah. See them all? Yeah. So we're at your pond, which yeah. is covered over the netting, and there's green stuff, loads of green stuff growing in your pond. Yes, and there are. We have how many frogs? I counted 40 individuals there this morning. Uh, see the ones that are in amplexus, which is called, that, that's the mating of the, the frogs. That's when the, the male grabs her by the by her back uh-huh. and hangs on for dear life froggy style <laughs> <laughs> see the clumps of spawn yes I do so here's a trick for you uh-huh. see the one over there that's really tightly packed yep it looks like tiny spawn translucent tapioca yes that's it it looks exactly like that and and then it swells up into the regular kind of large frog spawn classic look yeah that's only laid probably in the last hour or so <gasps> so it comes out really small oh, right. and then it expands as it absorbs the water into the uh, the egg itself oh wow I can hear them yeah they, they get less shy as the as, oh there we go there's a male caught in there they get less shy as the breeding season goes on because they get into this frenzy because the com- the competitiveness with the males to breed is just insane to the point that they get predated by everything everything comes down and nails them which is why I have my my net over here so they just get t- totally focused do they? they get totally focused I, if I was to stick my finger in there under one of them males he'd probably grab onto it and try and hunt me hand which is amazing see all their backs have individual markings oh yeah so if you, get, if you really get your eye in, and especially because mm-hmm. this group have been living with me for the last 13 years in this backyard. Really? Yeah. So they disperse for six kilometres around. Wow. And then they'll come back here during the breeding season. God, there's loads of movement there. No, they're really uh, going at it. See, the males are jost- jostling for a position here. Yeah. Um, to try and grab onto the females as they get back into the pond. So anything that moves is a potential mate to them, so they'll grab on. And if they grab onto another male, he'll make a distress call. Right. Basically say, get off me, Larry. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> so you're just reaching down to put your finger under under the belly of a male. Yes, see if you grab on. No, he's not interested in me. <laughs> I have to hit the gym. But you see the different patterns. It's so distinct once you get your eye into them. Yeah. So that one there has a big black patch on his back, and he's he's about seven years old. So you've you've actually identified them, and you're oh, keeping I know. Them. I, yeah, wow. it, it's cool. If you wanted to, like. 
especially with the Herpetological Society, we sometimes take photographs of the yeah. of the backs of them just so we recognise them in different sites. But it, this is my own back garden, so I kind of just get to know them. I have a big red female, big huge girl. She's thirteen years old at least because wow. she was here the first year I dug the pond out. So, so are the females bigger than the males? Yes. Right. So they're sexually dimorphic, which means that there's a big difference in the size of the the two sexes. And the reason why the f- most uh, f- female frogs are bigger than the males is simply because the the amount of eggs they have to hold on to. Right. So Do you know what? I haven't seen frogs in donkey's ears in it's Ireland. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Every garden should have frogs. Yeah, they totally should. I remember when I was growing up, frog spawn was seen as a scourge. Yeah. And now it's it's becoming a very precious thing. Mm. Um, I've been out digging ponds in the local parks, clearing out ponds that are full of trash and stuff the last couple of weeks because it's important we hang on to the urban populations of amphibians because we're not going to stop building houses. Yeah. So we might as well hang on to um, and and learn to live with the animals rather than push them off altogether or yeah. only have them in isolated patches out in the countryside. You know. Exactly. Their neighbours. Their co cohabiting yes exactly oh my god that's amazing it's magic look at all those little heads sticking out just head after head little tiny little juvenile so that's his first it's his first breeding season and he hasn't he hasn't a clue (laughs) so what happens a lot is the females as they make their way back to the pond the the young juvenile males will get uh, grab onto them first because they're hanging around the outsides yeah Whereas the dominant males are in the middle wrestling each other. Yeah. And they'll kick the young fellas off her back <laughs> as soon as you get here. Okay, I'm seeing one on top of another there. I don't yeah. know if that's a male-female thing or just somebody no, making a mistake. No, they're all males in the middle oh, okay. there. okay, right. See, the female will want to get in where the spawn is. Uh-huh. Um, and that's why all the males are wrestling around that area yeah. to kind of push it, push it off, you know. There's a frog there that looks really big on the right-hand yeah, side. Yeah, that's a female. Oh, yeah, she's huge compared to the other lads. They haven't copped on to her yet. <laughs> You can kind of see the males; they actually look very beefy because they have these big, massive forearms, and they have these <laughs> these pads on their thumbs called nuptial pads. Oh, right! And they actually form a chemical bond with the female when they grab onto her. It's like a real grab, uh, real. So it's, it is actually chemistry, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's just amazing. There's just a clump of frogs, and they're facing in all directions, just clumped up together and moving, and they're sort of about the size of half my hand really yeah they vary from palm size to plenty of tongue for the smaller ones yeah the males are really kicking off now because if we're very lucky we might even see a newt or two moving around wow because the newts will follow the the, the frogs straight back into the water yeah because a lot of the diet of the newts is frog spawn at this time of year they'll bury their head into the jelly and take the uh, the embryo out yeah there's a lot of pairings up, but I'm assuming they're mistaken pairings. They're mistaken. There's an actual <laughs> pairing over here. Oh, right. And there's an actual pairing here. And that's probably one of Big Red's daughters. Right. You can so see that red, red. colour. Yeah. yeah. Very distinctive. And the one on top Yeah, is, he's like um, a leopard, isn't he? He's, he's got beautiful. All oh, yeah. Now I can completely see the markings. And I can you see, see the, the arm. The arm going under there in the amplexus there. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So amplexus is that... It's that, it's that grab it's grab, the male yep. on top of the female grabbing on it's almost like a wrestling move wow uh, and you can see as well that the colour variation in common frogs is amazing they got, they vary from like black mm. to bright red and all the colours in between green, browns mottled yeah. stripey 
so we get a lot of calls sometimes from people going oh this is an exotic animal that escaped and it's not it's just one of our own it's just a really colourful charming little animal you know oh that sound is so soothing isn't it magic it's beautiful now when I come out here tonight it's going to be chaos (laughs) and once it kicks off then they all get into a frenzy and it's just insane I had a couple of hundred here last year and it was just madness and then they will disperse they'll be here for about a week or two then the males uh, will some of the males who haven't gotten females will just amplexus with the eggs and just jizz on them because because it's just kind of like in case some of the eggs weren't fertilised they'll just Ah. try and uh, get some of their genes passed off whatever way they can and they actually physically transform as well right now they're really aquatic looking frogs they're quite slimy and slippery after the breeding season is over they, they become much more terrestrial and their skin is less porous and they kind of they just become this much more land based animal you know some noise isn't it it's amazing is that one with a little gold spot on his head or a piece of oh it's a piece of grass looks like he's wearing a crown yeah Oh, they have some ridiculous stuff. It's great to see, isn't it? Oh, it's just amazing. And this is a pretty built-up area, as yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the, the pond's not big. It's, what is it? Uh, it's it's actually... Three metres? Yeah, it's nine foot by six foot. Okay. And it's four foot deep. When they're finished mating, where do they go? Um, <coughs> into my neighbour's gardens, into my garden. <laughs> a lot of people... Um, on the road have them in the front gardens and all. I actually had to put a pond in the front garden a small tiny one right? because we get so many of them that either get stuck in the front and can't get over the wall and then I have a lot of nice kids in the neighbourhood who go mister have your frogs they come up with buckets <laughs> full of them so. how long do they stay in Amplexus? until she's ready to lay her eggs Okay, so the eggs are fertilised outside external fertilisation okay, yeah. yeah. so he'll feel her giving a little kind of a, a jiggle yep and he'll feel the eggs physically coming out of her yeah. and then he'll just release the sperm all over them and you can see why they're such easy targets for predators at this time because look at us here mm. now I'm poking them with sticks and sticking microphones in their faces so we can <laughs> hear them and they're really not not, <laughs> not, moving. not moving at all they don't really care so let's see if I can coax one of these guys out we can have a look at them just caught one there oh my god he's gorgeous see how sleepy oh, he is oh yeah now there's that nuptial pad I was telling you about see wow yeah if you feel it you can put your hand on it oh my god it's really abrasive yeah so that would latch on so it's like a, it's like four fingers and then the thumb or what would be the thumb looks like the thumb yeah. is very strong and has a lump on it and that's it is it yeah very muscular legs and arms and he's getting away beautiful shy- pattern oh, oh look yeah, he's just flipped over so he's dark brown on top very light underneath almost white he's got gold flecks through him in different patterns and a nictitating membrane over yes, the eyes so he right. can which and is basically like built in goggles yeah and he's gone oh, back he in there so very hard to hang on to at this time yeah, yeah, as very I said slimy. they're quite slimy and so when all this is over and they start to disperse and they look different again do they, do they, they lose that beefy, change, beefy yeah. look no the males will always have that um, right there you go there's some action over there a female just popped in yeah bit of wrestling I think that's gold <laughs> I have some other interesting amphibians in the shed if you'd like to come in and have a look absolutely alright so ah, hello. 
find out anything. Getting out of here. <laughs> So, Collianus. Hello, Colette Kinsella. Welcome back. <laughs> it's a beautiful day out there. I believe you have something to show me. I do. I have something extraordinary to show you. And I think I used to have something like this myself until... Well, Wait. let's have a look. Not too long ago, yeah. Describe what you have. Describe what you're showing me. It's long, it's black, and it's slippery. <laughs> <laughs> Is it legal? <laughs> It is. It's it's very legal. It's fine. It's it's a Mexican salamander called an an axolot or axolot. I think axolot. Yeah, is the way to pronounce it. But I don't think our tongues are designed to to do that thing. Not in this country, anyway. We're very Catholic, and we can't roll our tongues that way. And um, oh, I'm quite a hungry one there, as you can see, snapping at my finger. And these are really cool, incredibly unique, and bizarre amphibians so I'm looking at a very small well a container about a foot by a foot and there's got water in it and what looks like pond water and stuff grown in it and these two creatures what is an axolotl or an axolot or an axolotl an axolot or an axolotl we we Mm -hmm. can call them whatever they are but what they are basically is a species of salamander and they are neotic that's a very posh way of saying that they're eternal teenagers. They are the Peter Pans of the amphibian world. And what I mean by that is that they don't mature from their tadpole stage. So all amphibians have a direct connection to reproduction and water, Mm -hmm. like your frogs that we all know. And the frog spawn is laid. We're just going to use these as an example. The frog spawn is laid. The spawn hatches out, turns into a tadpole, and we all know what happens then. The tadpole matures into an air-breathing adult with lungs, leaves the water and then the process starts again when they mature yeah. what the axolots uh, what they've done is they've cut out the need to become adults mm-hmm. so they lay their eggs the eggs hatch out into these tadpole like creatures but they're sexually mature tadpole like right. creatures right. it's a really cool trick it cuts out the need to go out onto land and they have achieved every teenager's dream and <laughs> gotten rid of all the adults. <laughs> so they're just rocking around the ponds of Mexico, listening to heavy metal, <laughs> having a great time. So these are salamanders that refuse to grow up. So at some point during their evolutionary history, it suited them not to metamorphose into the adults and to remain in water. But even in this this stage, this is it neotenic? Neotenic, yeah. In this neotenic stage, they're able to reproduce. So that's quite extraordinary. So where would you find them? So, yeah, so Mexico City, a city of 20 million people, wow. has a small little patch left of mm. the original lakes that the city was built on. So mm-hmm. the Aztecs basically built this place mm-hmm. on a series of lakes. And at the time, the axolots were swarming all over the lakes. When the Aztecs were kicked out by the Spanish, the Spanish drained all the lakes mm-hmm. and built the, the modern city on it. Mm. All that's left of those original lakes is is a small patch of agricultural land with a series of canals. It looks like an Aztec kind of Venice. Mm, so if you look to if you look at it from below, it actually looks like uh, roadways, but it's canals. Mm. So it's not what we would consider a lake, but it's what's left of a lake, if you yeah. know what I mean. And that's the only place you will find them in the wild. With and there's a little there's a little thing to add on to that. We 
don't really think they're there anymore because they're really? nearly officially extinct in the oh, wild. No. Only for some serious uh, conservation work um, that's been done. It looks like they'd be wiped out from the wild, mm. and it's a, it's habitat fragmentation it's invasive species mm. and it's chemicals being leaked in from the city like if you have 20 million people living on all sides of this small little water yeah. water system basically what it is there's some amount of pollution mm. and because they're amphibians they absorb chemicals through their skins quite easily so that really fucks them up yeah. and, you know I I had one of these and his name was Mario because they're Mexican axolotls or we weren't very uh, original in our naming but I absolutely love them and I'm going to describe them because they're they're the most unusual creature so if you imagine like a tadpole almost yeah. these ones are, are juveniles they're what uh, five, four inches six yes. inches long and very long tail long body which looks like a tadpole but they have four legs and each of the legs they have four toes five, four to five toes I think four toes and then around their head they have this beautiful frill which is their gills right yes and the thing that that's distinctive about these guys is when you look at them full on they almost look like they're smiling, smiling they have yeah, this beautiful exactly. this beautiful face do you know what our Mario died our, our Mexican axolotl died and I was absolutely devastated and do you know what his anniversary was two days ago he's four years dead uh, two days ago that's, well, I still remember him I'll have to sort you out with him <laughs> because uh, I've been breeding him quite successfully for the last 20 years and for me, like I, I've, every episode, I'm going to say they're one of my favorite animals. But these are <laughs> these are like I have a kind of a romantic little feeling for them. Not in a now a freaky. I'm going to jump in and start banging an axolotl. But no, I I have um look at how aggressive they are. You're as just well as feeders. There's they're just charming. They are really charming. unusual, mm. and also I, I have this thing as well where it's like a window into the prehistory. There was animals like these, like Kulasuchus, which is an ancient amphibian that would have lived around the same times as the dinosaurs. Mm. These guys were huge, six foot long. They were around before crocodiles basically took over the waterways. And like these giant amphibians that looked exactly like these. So imagine a six foot one of them. And they'd be taking small dinosaurs at the yeah. edge of the lakes and ponds. Incredible animals. So these are little, a little window into like those ancient times and... Our ancestors would have looked very similar to these as well. Right. The first tetrapods that would yeah. have been crawling around in, in weeds in stagnant lakes back in the day. So, yeah, I I, I really like um, picturing myself back then. When I'm looking at yeah. these guys, it's like a little window into that world. They actually have four toes at the front. Oh, right. And five at the back. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So the ones that you have now are dark coloured, but there's... Yeah, they're the natural colours. So that's the the natural coloration. There are variations, obviously, like everything that we've uh, made into pets. You can breed them to be leucistic or albino mm. and then there's all the colour variations in between gold and mottled so yeah it's 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 very interesting to see all the different breeds they've gotten from from mm. these animals what's after happening though there seems to be a genetic bottleneck in them in captivity because so few were taken originally from the wild and they breed so readily 
that they're probably all banjo players from <laughs> banging banging their cousins. So we have to kind of uh, a lot of scientists are trying to save that the, the good genes from the the last few wild populations yeah. that are out there. You yeah. know, our little dude was the same color as yours, and I'm glad that we had him. So we got him because of the Celtic tiger, the same way as you and the snakes that people have been dropping yeah. off. There was a couple emigrating to Canada, and they couldn't take their axolotl, and they adored him, so they gave him to us. Mm. They even came to say goodbye to him before uh. they left, and. Uh, we don't know he's dead. Oh, well, hopefully they're not listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell the sex? I don't know how to tell the sex. Go on, tell me. Well, even here you can still oh, see can see the old ball bag is swelling on the back of the, the male. It's a very technical terminology <laughs> I'm using here. So the, the males get a big set of nuts okay. at the back here. And uh, that's that's really how you tell them as soon as they get big. They're ambush predators. They have a... Um, a system of feeding basically where they use suction and they have small gripping pads inside their mouth mm. so anything that moves past them they'll literally just hoover it they'll wow. open their mouth really fast and create a vacuum and then the prey just goes into the mouth mm. and you can see them using their eyes to swallow like most amphibians they'll push their little eyes back it's it's very very cute to look at they really are charming they have lungs as well as gills oh, do they? very simple they're not as well developed and occasionally you will get one or two that metamorphose into yeah. adults, proper adults. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, it's it's deeply embedded in their, in their genetic code mm. and it's kind of an insurance policy. So if a lake tried out, mm. you'll get one or two that will survive and go on to breed on to the next time. And you can induce it by injecting chemicals into them in the lab. If you're a sadistic bastard. Well, it's interesting for science. And these guys are incredibly important for our health for a number of reasons because they have another amazing ability is that they can regenerate limbs regenerate body parts you can even transfer brain matter from one to another and it will absorb it into its body and redevelop it they've they've even been able to like regrow parts of their essential organs like their hearts it's an incredible ability and if we can kind of tap into that you're talking about people being able to regenerate limbs and it, it's tied in with a lot of stem cell research. Also, the fact that they breed so readily in captivity and because their embryos are so big, it's great for doing experiments on in the lab. You can see the development really easily. Right. And you can Look, there's one find f- out what you need to know. There's one just swimming up to the front of the tank. Looking yeah. They are beautiful, like that big smile, the fronds. You wouldn't be beautiful now if you were warm. True. Please. There you go. You just put your finger in and boom, he went straight for it. Yeah. Like, not shy. Not, not shy, shy at all, no. And then he's just he's just dangling there. Look at that face. They are beautiful creatures, aren't they? So I I, I have a... They're gorgeous. I have a... <laughs> they actually look like Pokemons almost. They do, actually. Don't they, yeah? They do. I actually would breed a few of them in the garden. So they're in uh, raised ponds outside. But I take some inside every year mm. just as an insurance policy and also so I get them used to coming up if I put my finger. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Green. Yeah. Coming up to feed. Right. When one of them comes up to feed, the rest of them tend to come up as well. Uh-huh. So it makes my feeding a lot easier mm. and it makes my ability to count them a lot easier. Otherwise, I'm draining ponds or fishing them out. And I don't want to stress them. So you can see here, they're actually quite... He's coming up to he's you. coming right up. You're putting the finger yeah, just, just the top of the water. just there. And yeah. he's just associating me with, uh, with a bit of food. We'll, we'll give him something to eat, will we? So we got some mealworms there. Yeah. Alive. Alive. There we go. Let's see what we have here. So you're putting it in there and he's coming up. Oh, oh and gone. Completely, yeah, really fast. See now, and the crushing pads now, if you if you so were watching the, the this... The warm is sticking out of his mouth. Yeah, and he's crushing it. Gone. And then... Boom, down. And you'll see the eyes turn back in the head. Wow. So amphibians, a lot of amphibians will use their... They haven't got a swallow like we would have in our oh, throat. Right. So they actually use their eyes to force the food down the back of their throat. Very cute. They're bizarre. Very cute. So how do they breed? Like, what do they look like? Do they produce something like frog spawn or is it different again? It's individual frog spawn, if you can imagine that. You have the cell in the middle, which right. is the actual egg. Mm. And then you have the gelatinous covering mm. around the outside. Gelatinous. <laughs> I sound like a proper scientist there. Uh, it's the jelly time. around the edge. It's a very clear jelly. So it looks like a, an individual frog spawn. Right. And what they do is they'll see the fronds of the plants here. Yeah. They'll be attached to all over. Oh, and right. They, like one, they breed once a year and about 200 eggs for a female. So you can imagine they, uh, they're they quite productive if you can get them breeding in captivity. I first bred them by accident. <laughs> I had a house party Okay, this is this is <laughs> this is going somewhere some interesting. Sexy music, no. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I had a house party and I had uh, the sink full. Of, you know the usual sink full of ice with all the bottles in it. And at the end of the party, I was like emptying out the the sink full of ice, and it was a bit of a warm day. Huh. And I'm conscious that they don't like warm temperatures. They're temperate species, like. So I said, "Oh, I'll just put some ice in with them to cool them down a little mm. bit." And I put the ice in, and the next day. I, woke up and there was eggs everywhere wow. and I was like I wonder being the curious mind that I had I was like I wonder what caused that and yeah I was talking to some of my mates and, and read up on it and actually the drop in temperature mm. stimulates breathing oh wow so, so when you, you say they don't like warm temperatures what temperature are you talking about well anything above 25 or, or, or so in the water it's, it's actually very stresses them out and causes them like in Mexico City you think of Mexico as being really warm Mexico City is very high up mm. and quite cool mm. so you know they're not a I've seen them in in pet shops and in people keeping in, with heaters in mm. them and it just it just stresses them out shortens their lifespan makes them more prone to disease in fact I've I've, heard, I've friends in America have heard about 
you keep them in the fridge, in the tray in the bottom of the fridge. Really? That would yeah. be like eight degrees. Would that not be yeah. too cold? That's still okay. No, it's fine. Oh, wow. But should they live under frozen ice? Right. Uh, no problem. Yeah. So One of them's just hanging there now. He's hanging there. He knows there's food around, so he's like, looking for something. More. Oh my God, they're so cute. Yeah. They are beautiful creatures. Yep. Now, they're not Blum. your classical... Uh, what you think when you think about conservation? What do you think about big oh, stuff? Yeah, you know, charismatic megafauna, rhinos, tigers, all that sort of stuff. These should be icons of conservation, mm. and I'll tell you why. So, when you go out into the wild, or if I was to say to you, in the wild, there'd be no more tigers mm-hmm. tomorrow, we're getting rid of all the tigers because you know what, we've got a load in the zoos and they'd be fine there. People would freak, mm. absolutely freak out. You can't do that, you need them in the wild. Same thing is happening with these guys. They're disappearing from their original place where they are. Supposed mm. to be out in the wild. But everybody's like, ah, well, there's millions of them in a captivity. It doesn't make any difference. Mm. They're the exact same. And it should be, uh, while, while they're well looked after in labs and, and pets and all that stuff, mm. they should have a population mm. in the natural habitat. And the reason, I, I suppose one of the reasons is that they're part of an ecosystem. They have their place within an ecosystem. Yes. If they're gone, they're impacting the environment. And if they're there, they're impacting it in, in a different way. So they're part of the interdependency of various ecosystems, right? Exactly. But also as well... And also a very unique ecosystem. Mm. And they're a very... They're that's the right. weirdest animal ever. There's a little fish actually that lives, that's a native beside that lives alongside and that they would predate on a lot and that's disappearing as well again because of introduced African species of Mm. fish and carp and the pollution and these fish that will live in basically in toilet water they wouldn't give a damn Mm. but these guys and the native fish that live alongside them are quite sensitive and you know, when you lose that ecosystem, it's it's tragic. Yeah. It is. So if you're if you're concentrating on these guys, for example, which are smaller, they're not as charismatic, they're not as obvious as tigers and rhinos. By conserving these guys and their environment, you're also conserving tons of other animals, yes. right? Yes, because it's never just the one. Exactly. So they be like the obviously the headstone or the the, the the top of the pile of that species of that particular ecosystem. Yeah. But in order for them to be in good nick. The rest of the supporting cast have yeah, to be there, exactly, and and being um, being reasonable uh, shape as well. So exactly, you're, you're, it's like you wouldn't have a film without the the, the film the 100%. film star, but you wouldn't exactly. have a film without the supporting cast. Yeah, it's and it's even if you're talking about tigers or elephants or any the bigger thing, you can't have a tiger without a large park mm. deer, mm. peacocks, the, the the whole thing all the way down to insects. Only, exactly, exactly. So it all ties in. And I really think axolots should be a spearhead for conservation because they're very, very cute, very unique animals. I don't think that, I can't think of anything out there quite as unique as as axolots and quite as common that people can access them. You could you can have one as a pet as a, yeah. anyone can. Yeah. But like it's just. But they're they're so specific to certain areas that um, yeah, it'd just be a shame to to lose. Them. Yes, a hundred percent. So I have a story for you. Cool. Fire and fire. it's about something that's not an axolotl, but it looks like an axolotl. All right. So what we're looking at is a Mexican axolotl. And this is a type of salamander that doesn't metamorphose into its adult form, but can actually reproduce in the larval stage. Is yes, that right? That's true. 
100%. Cool. Now, my understanding is there's a couple of species of salamander that don't metamorphose and sort of look like axolotls, but we don't call them axolotls. Yeah. Mole salamanders, the family of mole salamanders, a lot of them tend to have this ability to to stay in their, their youthful forms. Yeah. So, through the power of audio, I'm going to take you to Mexico. Okay. Do you want to head? Yeah, go ahead, yeah. All right, let's go. Do I need a passport? <laughs> Crash helmet. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take the critter shed to Mexico. I want you to imagine a hilltop in Mexico. Right. And on top of this hill, there's a beautiful convent. It's whitewashed. It's got lovely brown columns on it. Inside this convent, there are about 23, 24, 25 nuns. And they are all dressed in white habits. They have blue rosary beads around their waist and they have black veils. So these women for 150 years have been working with something that looked like these axolotls but they are in fact I'm going to attempt the uh, Latin name <laughs> they are Ambistoma dumerili and they're a type of salamander that don't metamorphose yeah. but actually they're reproduce cousins of the axolotls exactly yeah. so the interesting thing about these women is somebody came up with the idea that something in their skin was really good for alleviating coughs and anemia So for 150 years, they've actually been taking these animals, these salamanders, from one particular lake. It's only one. They only exist in one lake beside this convent. It's about 300 kilometers west of Mexico City. So they've been taking these animals and actually breeding them inside their convent. And then doing something. They don't really tell you what they do, but essentially they've been juicing them or making some sort of juice from their skins and it's been sold at local markets so they inadvertently have been working to actually conserve these species because they reckon the numbers of these wild animals that exist now in this one particular lake has just gone way down they reckon there's like less than 100 yeah so weirdly these women have been conserving the animals while juicing them while juicing them <laughs> yeah so now they're working together with uh, people from Chester Zoo in the UK and another university so they're working together now as scientists to um, to conserve these animals but it's just when you see the images and I've seen pictures of them on the internet it's absolutely mad you have the beautiful convent you have these women in their white habits and their black veils and their rosary beads and if you go into the back of the convent there's two rooms where there's just tons and tons of tanks fish right? fish tanks everywhere fish yeah. tanks bigger obviously than the yeah, one you have yeah. but very very similar with animals that look very similar to your axolotls there but at the backs of all these um, fish tanks you have you know religious icons <laughs> you have pictures of the baby Jesus you have pictures of Jesus beside a lake with a fish on a stick and Brilliant. below all this you have these women with their little nets and they're feeding and they're taking temperatures and whatever and they see this as a sacred work yeah. because going back even further legend has it that a young girl an indigenous girl appeared somewhere mysteriously and gave the recipe for this juice <laughs> To the local nuns. And the part of this legend is that this local indigenous girl was actually the Virgin Mary. So these women see themselves as doing sacred work. 
it was never about conservation. But back in the 1980s, they discovered that numbers were dropping and there were scientists who were interested. So they decided to work together with the scientists. That's now, a, that's great. the animals are not off the hook. They still get juiced. Yes. But now they're working together with scientists to work out if they can get enough pairs with enough genetic diversity, they might be able to introduce them back into the wild. So it's one of those weird stories of... That is great. So yeah. the Virgin Mary shows up dressed as Pocahontas <laughs> to give a nun a recipe for cough syrup. Yes. And now we're saving Axolotl's cousins from extinction. Nicely summed up. You couldn't Bravo. make it up. You uh, couldn't make it up. That's crazy, that is. <laughs> Do you know the, the, the axolots themselves are used in cough syrup? Uh, they're used in erection medicines. They're, no. They, were, they fed the Spanish army during the 16th century. Really? 100%. They were Our the guys, sta- the one you have here. St- the stable diet of the local fishermen for years. So that's another reason why like a lot of people are very upset that they're gone. They were worshipped by the Aztecs. Really? They were the god, believed to be the, the incarnation of the god of deformities, Shalachal. Which is part of where the Hachel Hachel. My, my boring tongue won't do that. But uh, yeah. So yeah, they're, they're the, the, the physical incarnation of Shalachel, the god of deformities. The god of deformities. Yeah. That is so cool, isn't it? Yeah. And like they're anything but deformed. They're so beautiful. Yeah, I suppose we're, we have the, the luxury of looking at them in beautiful, clear plastic fish tanks. Yeah. But when you're an Aztec warrior who's whipping one out for a, 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 to put on his kebab or having his ham sandwich roll, when you take them out of the water, they're quite weird looking things. If you just take them out and hold them in your hand, yeah. they look like the weirdest. And I could see why they'd be mm. associated with deformities. And, right. you know, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, don't, I, I just have this horrible vision of what the nuns are doing to them. How are they getting the juice out of them? They're not wanking them off, right? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> are they just? <laughs> are they actually sticking them in blenders? I was, I was wondering when we go there. A very trendy phrase going around in conservation at the moment and it's called citizen science and it's something that everybody needs to recognise that there's everybody is a scientist and everybody mm. can be capable of being a scientist expertise can come from anyone just the, the local guy in England who has saved populations from of, of the common toads because he gets up every night and he walks them across and he recognises individuals. There's the person who is out feeding the rare birds mm. that are dying out in urban areas. All that stuff counts. Those nuns are scientists. I don't care what anyone says. And they know their stuff. And once you get your eye into anything, that expertise is amazing. And it's invaluable to the scientists who go to the nuns and approach them and say we need your help mm. so it, it, that's a really cool all joking aside it's a really cool story and it, it goes to show that anybody can help anybody can get involved in this stuff you know I keep I keep drilling it into people's head like I'm not a, I'm not a scientist scientist I'm a hands on kind of conservationist yep. person and 
you know, and I, I encourage everybody to do the same, you mm. know. There you go. You don't have to be a nun, though, to do it. <laughs> Jesus, try and avoid that if you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, lonely nuns making juice out of um, salamanders. salamanders. It's just bizarre. Couldn't make it up. Yeah. I can show you my uh, breathing tanks down my side passage if you like. You can indeed. That sounds, that sounds so ropey. <laughs> sh- let me take you to a breathing tank down my side passage. Collie, this is the highlight of my week. Yeah. <laughs> your breathing tank and your side passage. Side passage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So we're back in the shed. That was a nice trip to Mexico. Yeah, my God. <laughs> All those nuns. They're already hot in my head. I don't know why they were hot in my head. Hot nuns. They're probably all ancient. <laughs> right. There's the frogs are still at it. <laughs> all right, we're going down Collie's side passage. That's not a euphemism. So here you have... Um, These are my axolot breeding tanks. It's a tank and it's... We're looking in... What, that, what's that window going into? That's is that your kitchen? jacks. Your jacks, <clears> okay. Toilet. <laughs> That's the toilet facilities. So, so it's quite deep. The tank is lined with. It's a pond liner. Um, it's a it's an attic tank. Oh okay. So I got it out of a ho- an old house. A skip I found. I'm a skip raider. I love raiding <laughs> skips for stuff for my animals. But there was a hole in the bottom, obviously for the piping. So yeah. I just got this Chinese pond liner and, right. and used that. And I'm seeing now, dead mealworms on top. Mealworms, yeah. So this is where they breed. This is one of now. There's a lot of dark axolots which you won't see. Okay. But what Your I might be able gone to in. do... You've gone looking, fishing for something. Oh, there she is. Okay. Oh my gosh, I can see a white one. A light-coloured one. Uh, yeah. Big. A big She's one. A big girl. She's full of eggs too. All oh, right. Now, I don't want to stir up the water because we won't see her again. Yeah. Here we go. Why yeah, don't you tickle her? Almost have her. There we oh, go. She's, so she's... Oh, she's lovely. She's she bigger is. than the juveniles now. And she is... In a bucket. She's in a bucket. And she is uh, like... Golden colour with pink gills. Yes, she's albino. She's albino, actually yeah, okay. completely albino. She's got red eyes. And you can see the you can actually see the eggs inside her. There. Oh yeah, so her abdomen, her little ribby cage is is sort of full. Full. Yeah. Absolutely full. Have you got any eggs around here? No. So there's a lot of darker males in there, which right. you, you won't see. Yeah. But um, you can see the gills, nice and healthy. Yeah. And what happens is when they're in the wild, <clears throat> they. When you it's see cold. how cold that water is, cold, yeah, yeah. When you put them out into the um, the ponds like this, yeah, they really revert to their wild state. They're not that uh, pristine, right, friendly looking things. They yeah. turn into these little water dragons, which I love. So I had to cover this because <clears throat> I had a load of white ones in here, yeah, which I was going to breed. And I came down one morning and I found Mr. Heron. Oh, okay. With his beak, having a snack, and he had a few of them. Yeah, so right. he had a Mexican takeaway. <laughs> So, I hate that heron. I I really hate my dear. My wife thinks I'm obsessed. I'd be sitting there and I'm like, I'm gonna get you. But like they're it's like pre- wily coyote. Oh, they're a protected species, so you can't. I don't want to harm them or yeah. annoy. You know, but what I had, I I've been like running at, out and setting up scarecrows and all sorts of things. So what I had to do in the end was like, obviously I have the cage, uh, the netting over this, yeah. and the netting over my pond. But last year. It got so bad I had to actually put like a physical spider web with fishing wire oh right God. across the garden. Everybody thought I was losing my <laughs> mind. So yeah, Heron Wars. The Heron Wars of 2018. <laughs> it was uh, it was a dark time for everybody involved. So anyway, yeah, so the the spawn gets laid. I pl- plonk these 
these long leaves oh, down. Oh, look at that. That's an aquatic plant. A yeah, lot, beautiful a, long aquatic plant. Pop them in. And that means I can just pull it out like that and, and check. And you see it wrap. You'll see them. She'll fold. So there's an egg, is it? So you, they're long. It's a long plant and there's leaves coming out of it. So it'll be similar to this. That's not an egg. But it'll be right. very similar it'll to that. Blob. Except covered, covered in... Uh, Gel. Gel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gloop. And take the plant out and then they go in here right so they go into a, into a like a plastic tank that's next to this so yes. it's a separate and the reason for that is bye bye baby I'll put her back in how, long, how long big is she she's about six inches right head to tail um, and she'll get a lot bigger really yeah the, what's, the, what's the max length that you've seen I've seen one just seven or eight inches in really? my in the I have them in the massive pond out yeah. there but they're they're Needless. dragons I wouldn't put them in near anything else right they're crazy but um yeah so they, they, as soon as the eggs hatch basically the parents will eat them so I I transfer them into the other tanks there's also if you look in the bottom of those tanks mm. they've been sitting there here so there's a lot of caddisfly lava uh you know all the kind of good bugs, yeah. mosquito lava, all that sort of do stuff. They, are living in do there. they occur naturally, or did you put they them in? They just come in. Okay. You leave water out, things will just show up in yeah. it. Yeah. And then how big are the larvae when they uh, hatch? So they'd be like, they'd be uh, the larvae when they hatch would be about a few millimeters. Yeah, like the, t- the very tip of a, a pin. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. Tiny, like tiny, tiny mm. little things, and they have no, f- they have no back legs. They only have their front legs right. and the gills. Oh, yeah. So, like, and they'll just disappear. And a lot of them will eat each other and eat each other's arms, which is part of their regeneration pro- process. So they just grow back then? They'll grow back. As they get older, the, their ability to regenerate uh, fades away. Okay. As they get older. Obviously, like us all, they <laughs> start to feel the strain. <laughs> and if they, metam- if, you, if they metamorphose into an adult, which occasionally happens... Uh, into a salamander like into a, a salamander land. a proper salamander if they actually do change uh, their ability is nearly disappears okay. so it's, it's very very That's strange so they have these superpowers while they're in this yeah this state, state. of youth this, this youthful kind of reluctance to grow up exactly and I think that's why I'm quite fond of them <laughs> like myself they're eternal teenagers teen, eternal teenagers <laughs> just refuse to grow up and act responsibly and do you play them Slayer I play a lot of heavy metal <laughs> for them yeah play everything <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah it doesn't amazing. look pretty it's not pretty like the rest of my garden but it's practical and it works well you know? yeah and that and is cold water I'm surprised at how cold it is yeah. yeah and how well they're doing yeah you know absolutely Back into your side passage, I think. A cup of tea's in order. I think a cup of tea is very much in order, and we'll put these axe lots back into the kitchen where they belong. Yep. Uh, where it's nice and cool, because uh, I don't want them getting warm here, and I certainly don't want any nuns coming into my house and <laughs> juicing them on me, salting my beautiful salamanders. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.